few people I've ever met in my life who knew what their calling was, who had found that, that space in this world that just fit them right. They knew who they were and what they were here to do. And the way that we find this is by situating ourselves right in the place where we are. The way that we get to the heavens is by situating ourselves on the earth. The way that we get into the life to come is by situating ourselves in the life that is right now. The way that I grow into healing identity, into clarity, into answers for my life, direction, calling, is by sitting into the questions, the uncertainty, the worry with the Christ who's already been through this mud before and has made a path. Well, I'm not sure if you guys heard in, in the verse or not, but it said that, well, what verse are we in? Verse uh, 15. It says that uh, we're not fully mature in Christ until we are all moving together rhythmically. What that means is, is I will preach today until we all dance together. Sound good? Okay. Really going to be a fun one today, right? I love the scriptures. The one thing that I've, I've noticed uh, here at the church, it's, it's almost September. It's almost been a year since Pastor Zach has become our lead pastor here at Grace. And uh, the one thing I've seen that he's instilled here in us is a fresh kind of love and respect for the scriptures. Uh, he loves to kind of dive deep into the word of God and to open it up for us. And uh, this entire series it, it's been a lot of word, right? I mean, uh, you know, with, with the reading, we, we just went through 16 verses. When's the last time you sat down and read 16 verses straight? Don't raise your hands. It'd be embarrassing, right? 16 verses of the word. But I think even more than that, he's, he's teaching us how to kind of, uh, how to settle in with the scriptures, how to allow them to, you know, to speak to us. I think the hardest thing about the Bible for most of us is that it just sounds so darn familiar. I think in the same way that it sounds weird and foreign, we've heard that weird and foreign so long that now it just kind of sounds ordinary. The words kind of just fly past us. I think that's one thing about this, this series that's so helpful. He wants us to kind of park ourselves in a passage and hang out for a while. So today that's going to be kind of the, the approach. This is not my uh, best form of preaching or teaching. I, I typically like to be a little more theme-based, but I really sense that it's something that uh, God's kind of up to. But before we jump into the scriptures, uh, let's talk about this, this year. If you guys have heard, right, the Delta variant, have you guys heard that at all? No, you haven't? Okay, great. All right, I see all the masks in the room. You guys are very worried. Okay. Well, if you haven't heard, right, it sounds as if we're heading into a fall that's going to be a lot like the one we just had, right? Back to masks and partitions and limited seating, um, vaccinations, back to all the things that we all love so dearly, right? All the th um, events being uh, canceled, postponed, all the fun stuff, right? And so... Just as I kind of mentioned that, you can kind of feel in the room, right? Just this annoyance. If someone even says, Kuh, you already go like this, right? Don't even talk about the C word around me. Right? COVID-19, the coronavirus. Don't you just feel it on your body? It's such an ugly word, right? COVID. Sounds German, right? Yuck. <laughs> joke. That's a joke. Kidding. Corona. Now, that sounds better to some of you in the room, right? You know, some lime. Yeah, you get the idea. This word has kind of marked us, right? It's been almost two years now that we've been dealing with this, 
this uh, new world. Now, there's one thing that I want to do before we kind of jump too much into COVID also. I have a challenge for you. Is there one thing you can think of in the last two years, uh, 2020, 2019? Is there one thing that your experience with COVID has helped you with? Now, it's important to note that we have people who have died and who have uh, lost loved ones. That's a very important thing. It's heavy and weighty. But is there any positive? Is there anything that, that you almost miss from the days of being locked down at home all day with your, with your friends, family, with children? Is there anything from that season that you learned? Is there a gift in it? Anybody, holler it out. What do you got? Is there anything you miss? Simplicity. Yeah, that's a good one. Anyone else? Anything you miss? How about the big push to support local businesses, right? So it was okay to order as much takeout as you wanted, right? Everyone's like, wow, you're doing a great job. Order more. I loved it. It was terrific, right? Oh, I just really care about these local businesses. It just means the world to me as I order. Yeah, you get the idea. Anyone else? Oh, thank the Lord, the gift from heaven, right? If they take it away, we riot, right? <laughs> I actually miss masks. I know, I know, I know. Just take it easy. But I have a lot that goes on here that is better if you just don't see it, right? So in public, when I walk into Walmart, I loved having this. All you could see is my eyes, right? It kind of helped me, right? Less energy every day at the store, okay? I don't have to look less mean or angry, right? I'm, I'm really happy to be here. I'm smiling in my eyes, right? I enjoy the masks. Is there anyone else? What do you got? Anything you missed? Anything you learned? Do what? Oh, stores closing early. Nice. Anyone else? Yes. Yeah. Our schedules changed a lot, right? It was amazing because there's this thing, uh, probably in 2019, I heard so many families come to me and say, we're just exhausted. It's go, go, go. I mean, the kids are stressed, the marriage is stressed, uh, the finances are stressed. We are just at the end of it. And then, of course, COVID hits. And about six months in, everyone's going, we just want to get back to doing things, right? Just want to get back to moving, right? So now we've all been moving. And, of course, what are you here now again, right? The budget is hurting again, right? The families, we're, we're stressed, we're going. No, that's a good one. That's, that's a good one. For us, one thing that I missed a lot was we had a lot of family time. A lot of time at home, right? And I missed the fact that we had a lot of dance parts. We like to dance at our house, like to move rhythmically as a family. We're very whole in Jesus, okay? And so the one thing about the, this whole time in COVID was we got our groove on really well, right? So, you know, if you're in this space where you're moving, you know, it, it, it works well. Since COVID has kind of, you know, pulled back in our region um, as far as the sanctions on I go, right? We haven't had a lot of time to dance in our kitchen. So we tried last night to dance in our kitchen. <laughs> I turned to Nisa and I said, we look awful white today. I mean, a lot more white than I would like as far as in the movements. We're, uh, we're rusty. Now, the one gift I feel like uh, that we all had from COVID, disruption, disorientation. Now, think back to the last time that you felt disoriented, Okay. Uh, it could have been physically. Uh, for me, I experience it sometimes on ladders. If I'm up on a roof and if I lean back too far, is a moment where I feel disoriented. 
right? I lose a sense of where the ground is, where the sky is, what is forward, back, and I just grab onto something, right? Well, hopefully it's a ladder that's still there. I just, just, just grab it, right? I feel disoriented. Uh, have you guys ever traveled before? Anyone? Yeah, everyone's like, well, it's COVID now. Okay, but all before that, 2019, 2018, when you would go to a new airport, say uh, it's important to get a transfer. You're going from one plane to another. You only have a half an hour. When you get off that plane, you have your bags, you're running, and you're trying to find your way, but you feel what? Disoriented. I don't know my way. I don't know where exactly I am, and I don't know exactly where the place is that I'm trying to go to. I'm trying to orient myself, trying to find my way through this. Disorientation is a problem sometimes, right? If we're trying to get from here to there, it is an obstacle. It's something in our way. But I also believe that this can be a gift for us, disorientation. In this passage, what we're talking about a lot is about our calling, about our path, about our way, about finding our way into the things that God has in store for us. Now, who here drives a lot? Anyone? Drive a lot? Okay, good. Wow. Okay. Hope you drive a Prius, right? Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Come on. You guys got to wake up. I know Pastor Zach likes to teach, but you got to wake up. Got to laugh, be a little more loose, or else it's, it's going to get me going, and you don't want that. All right? I mean, we got to focus on the scriptures today. It's about Ephesians. It's about the Bible. Okay, amen. So here we go. If you drive a lot, who here likes to daydream as you're driving? Is there anyone who does that? Okay, yeah, I'm really bad about that. Okay, so when do you most often make a wrong turn? Anybody? All the time. Okay, it most often happens, right, in the places that you're the most what with? That you're the most f- familiar with, right? I'm really bad about the exits for 540 and Fort Smith, okay, because I drive there all the time. But if I have a job where I'm going to Oklahoma, what are the odds that I'm going to miss that turn? Almost every stinking time. I have a huge trailer, I have supplies, I gotta be somewhere, and I'm just driving, and obviously I know where I'm going, right? I've been there a hundred times, and what happens? It's there, right? Past me. There is something that happens to us. We tend to lose our way most in the places that we feel the most familiar, secure. Now remember, Ephesians 4 is all about individuals and the community finding their way into the calling, into the path of God. How do you live a life worthy of what Jesus did for you? If you sit back and take in, if God is real, if there is a being that created everything that is here, this mat- the matter, this skin, the air I'm breathing, this stage, gravity, light, time, if there's a being who made all of these things, and then if this being cared so much for me that this being would experience pain, shame, hunger, thirst, loneliness, death, how do I live a life worthy of that? And if you're just going, just, you know, in your mind, if you're not feeling overwhelmed by this, then you're not thinking at all right now. So wake up. This should be overwhelming. How do I live a life worthy of a God who died for me? How do I respond to this? You should feel disoriented. 
Do I go left? Do I go right? Do I wear this shirt today, that shirt? Does it matter what I eat today? Does it matter who I hang out? Do I have time to be with these people today? What should I be doing? It's so disorienting that most of us do what? We just don't think about it. It's too much, right? It's way too much, right? It's enough for us to think about what it takes for us to get from here to lunch here in about half an hour, right? But what if I begin to think about being on this ball that's spinning in circles, spinning around another ball that's spinning around other balls that's spinning around other balls that's spinning? What does that even mean? All the spinning, right? Lots of what? Disorientation, right? Come on, stay with me. It's the theme today. Come on, a disorientation. A lot of spinning going on, right? <laughs> Imagine this. Your entire existence is sitting on a chair being spun. That's on a chair that's being spun. It's on a chair that's being spun. On chairs and chairs and chairs and chairs. Do you feel lost yet? Awesome. We're almost there. Good. We're finally getting where we need to be. I need you to feel a little bit off kilter to understand the gift of being disoriented. Right? How do we live a life worthy of the calling God's given us? Well, the first thing that we have to do is establish how we don't live it. How do we not achieve this goal? How do we not find the path? If we're trying to find our way, if we're trying to orient ourselves, if we're trying to find a marked out trail or path or road or sidewalk, some kind of signage to tell us where do we go to respond to a God who died for us? How do I live a life worthy of that bar? The most dangerous thing for us to do is to assume that we know the way. Hear me on this. I've been asked hundreds of times if I could help someone as a pastor to help them find their calling. What is it I'm on this planet to do? How do I find something to focus my life on that makes me feel full? How do I find this? The first thing I can tell you is this. Assume that you have no clue how to find that way. The most dangerous thing in the world is to assume that you know your way in the world. To assume that you know exactly where you're supposed to go next. The places that we get lost the most, places that we lose the turn, we lose our way, we wander off the path the, the quickest, the places that we assume that, that it's safe. We assume that we know it. It's familiar. We, we understand already. Have you ever been driving on the interstate and that exit you realize, I need to go there, and then you try to go for it? Have you ever tried that before? Okay. This is one of the most dangerous moments of your existence as a human. Don't do it, right? Just go to the next one and get off. What happens when you see that person in front of you that goes, oh, I need to go over there, right? If they're lucky, they end up at Autoplex, right? If they're lucky, right? It's a dangerous thing for us to assume that we know exactly what's going on next. In Ephesians 4, verse 1, in the CEB, if you guys want to follow on, CEB, therefore, as a prisoner of the Lord, I encourage you to live as people worthy of the call you received from God. Conduct yourselves with all humility. I just want to stop with that one word. I love the scriptures because they have a way, they sound so, so ordinary that you can just skip right over a word. But I try to ask myself things um, as I'm in the scriptures. Why is this the first word? And of course I go back, you know, the Greek to make sure it is the first word. But why is humility the first tool, the first marker? Why is humility the first 
sign on the path to make sure I am finding my way in the correct direction. If I'm disoriented, if I'm lost, why is humility the first sign that I need to be looking for that's going to lead me in the right direction of, of the call that God has on my life? There is a assumption that comes with humility. There is a worldview. Think of it as like uh, goggles almost, right? It's a way that we see everything around us. There are spaces that you can walk into that are brand new for you, where you feel small. You feel insignificant. You feel unsafe. You walk into this space humble, right? We typically enter new spaces with humility. But then there are spaces, again, that we are familiar with, that we know, that we own, that we control. And we walk into those with pride, right? Confidence. This space is one that I've been in so many times. I've done this from the stage so many times that you would think that I would come up here with all sorts of confidence. But luckily for me, I've been given a gift, a year of not preaching. Amen. Hallelujah. I have only preached this few of times. The last time I preached one sermon, because I think this year I've preached once. This is my second sermon this year. The last time I did that, I was 17 years old. Think about that. 17 years old. What's great about this today is I've been away just long enough to feel a little bit lost. I'm like, I don't know exactly what I'm doing up here. I don't like this. I'm glad that Zach likes this. This bothers me. It's awkward. It's in the way, right? I don't like the cup holder, right? I like having to put it down and pick it up. I like the way I did it. Come on, Zach, you know. Things are just different enough for me, right? Um, Pastor Zach was talking to me. He said, hey, you know, I, I understand that this isn't your flavor of approach to scriptures to, you know, kind of preach this style of sermon. <laughs> you know, if, if you want to do something different, go for it. And I almost did. And I was like, well, this is just outside my comfort zone enough. I'm just going to sit with it and see what happens because I'm going to have to enter it with a little bit of humility, right? And then what happened, by the way, was all of my books, which I would need to teach this passage, are all in storage. So I didn't even have those. Okay, so this is great. It's a lot of fun, right? If we are trying to navigate our way, if we're trying to find our way forward, if I, if I believe these things, if I believe that God loves me with this kind of love, if I believe there's this kind of a gift being given to me, if I believe that I now have a responsibility to respond, I've received this thing, now I need to return a gift. How do I find my way forward? The first thing we see, approach it with humility. Approach this thing from an assumption that I am small and this space is big. In this passage, it says this, with all humility, gentleness, patience, accept each other with love. Make every effort to preserve the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Humility, gentleness, and patience. If I were to describe to you the most successful people on the planet, just who'd you think of right now? Who is it? Holler it out. Come on, somebody. Who? Elon. <laughs> is the first thing you think about Elon Musk? Humble man. Very humble. He named his child Digits. Extremely humble, right? <laughs> Patient. I'm sure working for Elon is the easiest job on the planet. Oh, you don't get that? You haven't figured that out yet? Oh, it's okay. Take your time, 
right? Do you think that's what it's like for a guy who's trying to get us to Mars, trying to drill these tunnels from Los Angeles to Chicago, who's also trying to convert the entire planet to solar energy? Do you think this guy's trying to do it in his lifetime is going, hey, it's okay, Jason. I know it's complex. Take your time, brother. It's okay. Who else do you guys think of? Come on. Gates? I don't really want to pick on Gates right now. He's having a rough time as it is, right? I think we've all heard that he's not the most humble, patient, gentle person on the planet. We've all heard what's going on there with, with the poor Bill Gates, right? Michael Jordan, known for being a patient man, gentle in all his ways, right? Um, I, if you go to the store, pull out a, a, a self-help book, right? Six Steps to Being Richer, Prettier, happier, right? Do you think the first step's going to be humility, patience? It's important to be gentle in this life, right? I love this. Worship team, if you guys want to add on up here. I love the, the way of, of Christ because it is just so confounding. It's so contrary. It's so upside down. If you get tips on how to be a good leader, good CEO, how to be successful, how to have power, money, influence, they will dress the words up a little bit, but they will not tell you to walk into a room and to be small. They will not tell you to walk into a room and be the most gentle, soft, patient person there. This is the opposite. The world will tell you to find your way through it, to navigate, to find signposts, and a very different approach to this. If I am trying to find the path God has for me, if I'm trying to, to figure out what is it that I have breath in my lungs to do? What is it that my giftings, my strengths and my weaknesses, my dreams and my pain, what are these things perfectly built to do? Who can I help? What can I accomplish with who I am? How do I find my way in this? I think the gift, the first place that we start, the word humility encompasses, but I think that the year and a half with COVID has provided us quite the start to it. To allow ourselves to be disoriented, to sit, to kind of just to, to embrace what's going on inside. You can all feel it right now. Every one of us is tired. Every one of us is a little bit exhausted. There's a little bit of an edge on everyone that I come in contact with. All of us. Because there's no safety anymore. There's no security. There's nothing that the entire world shut down. Everything we thought would never stop, stopped. And while that brings change and challenge, I think the gift that it brought us is that the starting block, the first place, the most beautiful gift of a place to be in with God is to be in that place of being disoriented. You're in that airport with your bags, and you are checking every single sign. You're reading, you know, every screen. You're asking people for directions. You are in a place of being fully attentive to every direction around you. And right now, as we go into this song, you have the ability to lean into this space where you are attentive. Because you are so lost, because you've lost your sense of safety, because you know you're not in a place that you've ever navigated before, now I am ready to check every road sign, to respond to every slight direction or leading that the Holy Spirit has placed around me because I want to find my way with Christ. If you guys want to go to uh, verse 7, Ephesians 4, verse 7. 
And God has given his grace to each of us, measured out by the gift that is given by Christ. That's why scripture says, uh, which by the way is Psalm 68, I believe. When he climbed up to the heights, he captured prisoners and he gave gifts to people. What does the phrase he climbed up mean if it doesn't mean that he had first gone down into the lower regions, the earth? The one who went down is the same one who climbed up above all the heavens that he might be able to fill everything. Now, depending on your translation, it's going to say it very, very differently. But the idea is this. He who ascended, right? He who went up to, you know, the heavens is also he who descended first. Now, as usual with these scriptures, right? It sounds so ordinary. We just kind of over it. Now, whether or not they were thinking about Jesus literally boring a hole into the earth and going down into the depths of the planet, that's not the point of the passage, right? He flew up like Superman, and then he went down into the earth, and how cool is that, right? You got to use your imagination when you're in the Bible. Come on now. Goodness gracious, that's a lot of fun if you just think about what they're saying. Whoa, he went down and he went up. That's amazing. What's actually being communicated here, the mental uh, image is of a king has procession, right? The idea is after a war, after a battle, you know, here comes the winning king on his high horse. And he has his knights and his, his soldiers around him. And what they're bringing with them is all of the booty, right? All of the, what are you laughing about over there? He's a pirate king too, okay? Come on, good morning. I called Jesus a pirate king. I ain't gonna laugh at that? Man. And so he's riding on his horse. He has his army. And he's, he's bringing everything, the loot, the plunder, the, you know, all of the precious things that he's won from his victory. Um, depending on the translation, it says that he captures the captors, meaning he imprisons those who were imprisoning. Or in other translations, it says he freed, he made his prisoners, those who were in prison, meaning he brought them in to freedom, brought them out of this cage that they were kept in. And so it's a mental picture. You can see Jesus going first, and then here comes all the things that he has just kind of won, what he's taken with him. And in this, I want you to kind of get the idea, right? I want you to picture, picture a wide open kind of a grass plain, right? In the movies, you've seen this, the armies, right? Say like, the, it's a giant army, but they're walking, say like six people across, right? And so it just creates this long train, this long line. That you, and, and as they kind of march forward, you just see this long train walking across the, uh, the plains, the grass, or the meadows, or the hills, or whatever it is. And as you see this train, I want you to picture yourself kind of walking behind them, right? So the king's all the way at the front. Here's the soldiers. Here's all the things they have. Here's the soldiers in the back. And you're kind of following behind them. What you're going to see is grass that's been trampled, right? All these feet have marched on this grass, on these rocks, on this mud. It's created a what? A path. One of the things I love about Ephesians is they create these great kind of pictures and images if you're just looking for it. So this entire passage, remember, how do we find our way? How do we know how to do this thing 
that Jesus is calling us to do. How do we find our way forward? How do we find our way into our calling on the earth? How do we find our way into this place that Jesus is leading us, this place we call heaven? And what it says is, is that the one who ascended, meaning the one who's gone first, the one who's, who's he's blazing the trail, the reason this person, Jesus, is able to lead the way, to blaze the trail, is because Jesus has already been where we are. Do you get that? When you are disoriented, you don't know where you are and you don't know how to get to the place you want to go. And the way that this passage is saying that we orient ourselves, how do we figure out where we are? How do we figure out where we're going? Summarize it. We fall in line. We immediately begin looking for the signposts, humility, patience, gentleness, unity, peace, how can I find my way on this path? If you would, just with your, with your mind, how do I find these, these people, this huge group of people following in this train if I can't even live in unity with them? If I can't even be in the same room, can't even be around them, can't even be on the same social media app as these people? So, so many rabbit trails this morning. I'm fighting them off. Stay on path, right? How do we find our way? And as we do this, as we begin to walk with humility, we begin to, to embrace that, that sense of being disoriented. We become sensitive. We're looking for every, every possible sign, direction, feeling, sense, word, prophecy, revelation. So what we do, the way we find our way forward is that we follow the one who's been exactly where we are. I think it's the King James, but it says, He who ascended... It's the same who descended. I love that sentence. The same God of the mountaintops, of the victories of the, you know, of the heavens, the heavenly hosts of all creation, of the golden throne, blah, blah, right? It's the same one from the mud, from the muck, from pain, from loss, from disappointment. The same God of victory, the same God of life that conquers death, the same God of the gift of healing and wholeness, of identity. The same God who had to find his way, had to find, had to deal with loneliness and disappointment and rejection. If I had a theologian in the room, they would get mad at me for this, but it's hard for me to read the garden scene with Jesus as he's, as he's there just in tears, completely and utterly alone, and feel like he was fully oriented. Everything made sense to Jesus. Everything was clear. I got it. There's no question marks. Let's do this thing. I'm ready. Confident. There's a sense of disorientation of here's Jesus himself finding his way forward into the path that God has for him. In my life, I have felt the closest to the plan of God, uh, the most in tune to the Spirit, when I also felt the most lost. It was those moments when I thought that I knew exactly how it was going to unfold that when I look back, I realized I was the wandering the farthest away. So it, it's a beautiful kind of a gift that we have. We didn't ask for it, but we are physically in a place that has disoriented us, physically. 
with our time, with our money, with our ability, our freedoms, our ability to do things, interact, to, to have life the way we want it, to have control. We have been disoriented emotionally and mentally. There might be loved ones who are not here with us anymore. There are worries and fears and concerns. Our kids are about to go back to school, and there are things that we're hearing about the Delta variant that are just heavy if you have children right now. If you have grandkids, if you have, if you have friends, if you have children right now, it's, there's a disorientation. And so the gift of it is we can allow it to wake us up. And as it wakes us up, as we become attentive and alert, we find our way back to a well-walked path. I'm not sure if you get this part of it yet, but the reason it's so comforting, this passage, the one who knows the way forward, the one who knows the way into the life after this life, the one who knows the way into heaven, whatever we're calling this, the one who knows the way past the wall of death, the one who knows the way into a world that, is, that I have no concept of, have no grasp on, the one who knows the way beyond everything that I possibly know, I can trust this person, this God leading me because this God has already been where I've been, where I am in this very moment. The God who ascended is the same God who descended. The one who went to heaven is the same one who came to earth. The one who takes us into life is the same one who experienced death. The one who takes me into to whole, to healing and health and to relationship and to community and to family and to purpose and calling and to my identity. Find whichever one it is this morning that you don't have because I guarantee you, you don't have all of them. There are few people I've ever met in my life who knew what their calling was, who had found that, that space in this world that just fit them right. They knew who they were and what they were here to do. And the way that we find this it's by situating ourselves right in the place where we are. The way that we get to the heavens is by situating ourselves on the earth. The way that we get into the life to come is by situating ourselves in the life that is right now. The way that I grow into healing identity, into clarity, into answers for my life, direction, calling, is by sitting into the questions, the uncertainty, the worry with the Christ who's already been through this mud before and has made a path for. Would you guys stay with me today? You guys have your cups next to you. If you want to toss me one, babe. You guys are going to just throw it to me. Come on now. You guys are going to be so thankful. Whenever Pastor Zach gets back next week, he's going to be like, man, that guy. I was getting so used to the 15-minute sermons. Ugh. You'll have to actually book it now if you want to get your, your spot at the restaurant. I'm sorry. I'll, we can rush through the body and the blood of Jesus. How about that? That's a joke. With the body, the bread, Father, we thank you for a symbol that reminds us of everything that we know, everything we can touch, feel, sense, everything that's familiar, the world that sucks us in every Monday morning. And Father, we thank you that the way forward into this kingdom to a life worthy of Jesus' death for us is not escaping this life by situating ourselves in it tomorrow morning with the Spirit of Christ. We ask for humility, that we would wake up tomorrow morning and enter into an ordinary week with eyes that see everything new, with alertness and wonder, that we would sense and feel and notice every single sign that you are laying out for us to find ourselves in our calling and our purpose in this life. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the God who has been and is exactly where we are now. 
And Father, with juice, we thank you for the symbol of what is new, what has not yet come, what we haven't yet experienced, what we haven't yet seen, what we don't yet understand. We thank you that there is a tomorrow, that there are new things that you're creating ahead of us that we can't even fathom, good things, good gifts. And we ask that we would enter in with fresh eyes, fully ready to experience all the good things you have for us as we walk in obedience to your plan for our life. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. You guys are dismissed. If you guys need prayer for anything, we're going to have an elder up here. I'll hang around. Have a great week. Pastor Zach will be back. We'll get rolling. Hopefully we'll have some more news for you guys and the next steps we're going to take as a church body. Have a great week.